Well, hey there, everyone. My name is Daniel, and I'm the online campus pastor here at OAG. I am excited for today's podcast because this is from our series entitled Before You Knew Me. This will be stories and testimonies shared from folks just like you and our own church family. So sit back and relax and be inspired by what God has done and is still doing in the lives of His children. I've been thinking all week about this since I talked to Pastor about uh, giving my testimony. And uh, it's going to be pretty much I'm going to be talking about just what happened in my life. When I was a kid, uh, I lived with my, my mom, my grandparents, and uh, my father wasn't in the picture. My parents were divorced, and back then, that wasn't very common. But I didn't meet my father until I was in my 30s, and uh, I never felt like I did without anything. I've heard other people talk about how they had fathers that really didn't treat them very well, and mothers that didn't treat them well. Well, I had a very calm household. Uh, My grandmother had eight children, and uh, they didn't really have much of anything. My mom was the one that supported our household, and there were times that she took three buses to get to work. And never once did I hear her say, I wish I didn't have to go to work. So she's always been an inspiration in that regards with such work ethic. Um, You know, it talks about in Colossians about a prayer that was said. Well, my mom and my sister, especially my sister, she prayed this for me for years, and my grandmother did as well, I'm sure. I grew up, we grew up in a Baptist church, and we were there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and my, my grandma taught a women's Sunday school class. My sister taught children's third, or fourth and fifth grade, fourth and fifth five-year-olds. And my mother was the pianist at church. So we were always there. So there was no lack of hearing sermons on my part, but there was a lack of understanding. And at one point in my life, um, I did go forward. I think I was about 12. And I was baptized. But I don't think I had a clue as to what I was doing. I think I went down there because the other kids did. So I married young and I I had two sons. And that marriage lasted for 17 and a half years. And I'm not going to go into any details, but it wasn't a real pretty picture. 
I think when I got married, I didn't have any kind of a clue as to what a family was supposed to be like because um, even though it was a calm situation, it wasn't probably what you would call a normal family. My mom would go to work and my grandmother would fix the meals and she was always there when I got home from school. And she was a... Uh, had a lot of aunts and uncles and cousins that would come to visit and they always came to our house because that's where grandma lived. So it was, you know, I had, I had uncles and cousins and stuff. So those were my only male models. So I didn't really realize I'd done without anything. I thought everything was just fine. And it was. And then after I got married and it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Uh, in later years, it turned out that my life was either one of three things that at that point, uh, my who is now my ex-husband, uh, was either drunk, gone, or asleep. And there really wasn't anything else but that. He didn't abuse the kids, but he certainly didn't do a lot as a father should. So after that, I think I had reached my bottom, and I didn't quite know what to do. And I had a job, I had gotten a job making very little and I sat on a wall uh, on the street, waiting for the streetcar. And I was singing, Jesus loves me, because that was the only thing I really remembered about Jesus. From that point, I started reading, and I started going to a church. And the more I read it, the more I heard it, the more I believed it. And the day that I turned my life over to Christ, um, I, I could have run down the aisle. I was so ready. I knew that this is what I needed. I knew that I wanted to be a child of God. And I knew that there was a difference. This is something that my sister had prayed for me, and I believe she still does to this day. It's in Colossians. It's in chapter 1, and it's verses 9 through 14. For this cause we also, since this day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering and joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light 
who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom I have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Well, I didn't know that they were praying this for me every day, but it finally worked. And uh, what a difference it was. Now, because of my situation of being the breadwinner, I didn't make very much money. So I took a job as a waitress, which was okay, outside of the fact that I was serving alcohol and I had to work on Sundays, and I knew that wasn't, I knew in my spirit, my spirit was hurting from it, that I was not doing what I was supposed to do. So I sat on my bed, it was a summer night, and the screen, was, the screen window was there, and I was looking through the screen, and I prayed with tears running down my face, Lord, I know you want me to do something different, but I don't know what it is. You're going to have to show me. So I went to bed that night, and the next morning I got a phone call, and it was from a lady whose husband was uh, one of the managers at Butler University Dining Service. And I knew that when I went out there, I had that job. And I started that day. And as it turned out, they had the same insurance that I had at that restaurant. I never lost a day of my insurance. And I worked there for quite a while. And then the old, uh, you know how you say sometimes, I should have asked the Lord? Well, I guess I didn't this time because I thought I needed to make more money. So I took a job. Uh, I had previously worked in a grocery store, so I took a job as a deli manager for a small independent market. And I worked there for a while, and as it turned out, that market didn't make it. So they closed. So I was once again without a job. So I kind of bounced around a couple of times. And then it was after that that I met my husband, John. And uh, he had a son that was nine years old. And John was a very good father to his son. In fact, his wife, who is now deceased, had mental illness, and John fought for custody of his son. And it took a while, but he raised him from the time he was six years old by himself. So later we got married, like six years later, and by this time, I'm still working in a grocery store as, an, as a deli manager, different store. And we took inventory this one morning. And this other lady and I went to this little restaurant for breakfast, because we always start at around 4.30 in the morning. 
So we went to this uh, restaurant, and I said to this waitress, oh, I'd just love to own a place like this. And she says, well, it's for sale. And I said, can I see your kitchen? And then I said, can I use your phone? And I called John and asked him to meet me there when he had his lunch hour, which he did. And we got the last two seats in the restaurant. It was across the street from the senior center. And they would have, always would have a meeting on Mondays, and then they would all come over there for lunch, which was always ham and beans, home fries, and cornbread. And... Uh, so it was right after that, that with John's help, we were able to secure this restaurant. Now, I'm not going to tell you it was anything fancy, because it wasn't. This building was built, I want to say, 1913. So it really needed a lot of work. And I'd go in there in the morning And I'd start the coffee, and I'd look through the front of that place, and I'd say, it's old and it's ugly, Lord, but I love it. And I did. Now, prior to actually securing the restaurant, what are we going to name it? So I had gone to a home interiors party, and I bought something, and I opened the box, and there it was, Morning Glory. So we named it Marty's Morning Glory because it was to give glory to God in the morning. It was also cafe and catering. And I had, I had gone over to a little, uh, little restaurant myself because I'd been working with a lady that was an accountant trying to show me what I'm supposed to be doing and uh, well I left something out that's important the bank told us that I needed to do a business plan and I didn't have a clue as to how to do a business plan uh, I admit it that I am a little bit dyslexic and Things weren't always real easy for me when it came to writing and reading. And sometimes they still aren't. So I proceeded every night after I'd get off work. This is before we had the restaurant. I proceeded to make out this business plan. And it was as though my hand was writing and I wasn't doing it. And I knew it. Took it to the bank, and they said, oh, this is very good. Well, it, it was very good, but I didn't do it. God did it. So with that being said, um, God worked in many, many ways. This lady at this little restaurant that I'd gone to when I was working with the accountant, She's, I'm just talking a mile a minute because I'm so excited about everything that's happened. And she says, oh, my daughter's looking for a caterer. She just opened a new Holiday Inn Express. 
She's the manager. Next day she called me and she said, well, my mom was impressed with you, so you're going to be our caterer. So I used to, at that time, we had a car, not a, not a van yet, and I'd pack the food, whatever I was taking. Sometimes I'd have a pot of soup in between my legs while I was driving. And uh, I did a lot of work for these people. And we did a lot of... I did some weddings, I did some wedding cakes, different functions, but then it kind of got to be too much and it was time. Um, I'd found out that I had diabetes and uh, I was so tired all the time, we figured it was from that. And John was gonna retire, so at that time, we did sell the restaurant and I had a figure in my head that I think was planted there, and we got that, got that amount for it. It wasn't easy. I will tell you that there were times I never took a paycheck. I'd have a check cut just so I was paying taxes. But the Lord's blessed in so many ways not necessarily financially, but just blessed us with, you know, it hasn't been that long ago because, well, we lived here for 20 years, but there was a time when I felt like I didn't have any friends. And I will have to say that since we have come here, I have an abundance of friends. And I'm very, very thankful for that. John's thankful for that. I had something on my heart that for a number of years I've been thinking about doing. You know how sometimes people write a letter that they give out at Christmas time. And every year it would get closer and closer and I didn't do it. And I think this was something that I was supposed to do. So I'm gonna read you the letter that I sent out. I. Uh, I mailed out about 60 of these, I think, and passed out as many. Not that many, but total of that many. So here's my letter. Where has the time gone? One day just rolls into another, and then it's a week and a month and a year. All of a sudden, I turned 75. How did that happen? I don't feel inside, I don't feel that old inside, but someday my body doesn't agree. My real birthday was not that long ago. It was March the 18th, 1984. That was the day that I was born again. Did I deserve it? No way. For it was by grace that we are saved through faith, not by any works that we might do. That day I couldn't wait to run down that aisle and give my life to Jesus, the one who gave his life for me. And life has never been the same. The world around us is hurting. Only Jesus can give us the love which we all so desperately long. The Bible says, love the Lord with all your heart and your neighbors as yourself. You are my neighbors, you are my friends, and my family. Many of us are 
reluctant to share. But we are commanded to love and to go and to tell others. And I will not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. As complex as it may seem, it's really very simple. Our Heavenly Father loves us so much that he sent his son, born of a virgin, fully man and fully God. Jesus grew, taught, and was persecuted, proclaiming to be God. He never sinned. He was nailed to a cross and he died and was in the grave for three days and then he rose again. After 40 days, he ascended into heaven, but gave us the promise. It's better for me, better for you if, if I go and I will send you the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, to live inside of you. All you need to do is believe in the name of Jesus. This is not a fairy tale. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father but through Jesus Christ. Someday he's going to call us to be with him up in the air, and if we should die before the trumpet calls, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. My son was very sick in the hospital. He was 44 years old. My sister's pastor went to visit him and said, Casey, if you were to die tonight, do you know where you would spend eternity? And Casey replied, no, but I've almost died three times and I want to know. In the hospital, he accepted Jesus as his savior. Casey never left the hospital, but he did leave to go and be with Jesus. I believe this with all of my heart, and I know that I will see him again one day in heaven. What a wonderful gift we were given the day that Jesus was born. Just believe. Merry Christmas. That's it. On behalf of our pastor and staff here at OAG, we want to say thank you. Thank you for being a part of our ministry. We are grateful for you and the support you give our church and its ministries so that we can continue to do what God has called us to do, to be the family church for the family of God. For more content from Pastor Strickland and Oxford Assembly of God, check out our media website at oag.church/media.